Welcome to Dueling Review. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. We've actually got a really weird comic to look at this week because normally the screw-ups in uh, comic releases come because uh, one side or another is not saying the exact comics that are releasing on the correct week. Um, but in this case, Image Comics sent out 8 Billion Genies number 2 to all of the review sites as a comic that was coming out this week, even though it is scheduled for a June 29th release. And they were like, go ahead and review it. We, we don't care. And certainly the uh, reviews from other review sites have been very good about 8 Billion Genies number 2. And so I think that it's probably okay for us to talk about Charles Soule's um, and Ryan Brown's 8 Billion Genies number 2 from Image Comics that comes out next week at your local comic book shop. The premise of this uh, comic is that suddenly 8 billion genies pop into existence on planet Earth, one for every human being, more or less. And instead of three wishes, you get one wish. And issue one, which I did not read, and I, I will say that I do not think you need to read issue one in order to understand or enjoy issue two. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, in the first eight seconds is what issue one took a, lot, a look at of what people were doing in their first eight seconds of being told they could they could have wishes. Issue two is the first eight minutes of the genie pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it opens with a bunch of people in a bar. And uh, the apocalypse is raining outside. And uh, this is the story of people in the bar and these little genies, uh, you know, kind of explaining the rules of what this means, because they do say, hey, yeah, by the way, the president uh, president's wish was for the United States of America to be the greatest country in the world for all time. Uh, but also uh, uh, North Korea. Mm -hmm. They also made every, that exact same every wish. other yes. country in the world, except for New Zealand. Yes, made that exact same wish. Ship. So they basically said, yeah, we cancel all those wishes out. And so yeah. there's there are ways to cancel out wishes. Uh, the owner of the bar, his first wish that he made in the first eight seconds was that no outside magical influences or wishes would impact his bar. So essentially, he's created a nuclear bunker and he's ready mm -hmm. to take all the patrons that are in there and write out this crazy, terrible wave. In the meantime, mm -hmm. our cast of characters, uh, uh, an Asian couple who don't speak English, a father and his son, and I forget who the other story is looking at. A man and a woman who are single, mm -hmm. I guess, and maybe have met up with yeah. one another. She used her wish to get a guy, and I think the guy didn't want her. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That may have yeah. been an issue one, because there's a little bickering back and forth with them. The yep. Asian couple, they need to get somewhere for some reason that we don't know, at least in this issue. Maybe it's explained in issue one, but he ultimately, the the husband ultimately uses his wish to be the greatest warrior ever that needs to be warring so that he can get to the place he, that he needs to be in back safely. He needs to be, he wishes specifically to be everything he needs to be to survive this and yeah. get where he needs to So go. he turns in essentially into... Um, Iron Man? No, the not pressure. Iron Man. I was going to say um, um, Master Halo, Chief. Master Chief. Yeah. <laughs> and he also then instantly learns to speak English because he needs that to survive. Right. The father with the young boy, they're really kind of freaking out over, you know, there's one wish. And the boy's like, oh, man, I could or somebody said something about the kids wanted to wish for everything. And mm -hmm. the father was like, my I, I don't want my son to be able to make a wish unless I approve it because kids want dumb things 
mm-hmm. was, a, was, I guess, another couple in the in the bar. But then the the father with his son was like, look, uh, I haven't been a, a, a great father this entire time. And uh, I wish my dead wife would come back. No monkey mm-hmm. paw, no monkey paw business. And right. mom comes back at the end of the issue. So he calls it out. He's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> none of that monkey paw. Yes. Yeah. None of that monkey paw. Yes. Uh, and then at the end of the issue, for whatever reason, um, Hemingway, mm-hmm. uh, I forget who the other two are. Dorothy Parker oh, and Dorothy Jim Parker. Morrison. Yeah, and Jim Morrison all show, show back up door. at the door, yes. Any chance a fella could get a drink? So we've kind of... That's how Hemingway talks. I, I'm sorry that we kind of spoiled the entire issue, uh, you know, the entire story for an issue that doesn't come out next week, but I was really taken with this with this issue. I thought it was really great. I thought the... I, and I think that there are some really great... Uh, what are they called? Thought uh, experiments that you can do yourself. Mm-hmm. For example, Matthew, if you had one wish, what would you wish for? I have no idea. You have no idea? No, I would probably have to workshop it for a while. I mean, I mean, you have one wish. Yeah, and they do. They do talk and about presuming you can't wish for you know more more wishes. wishes yeah, and I feel like you know your first thought is going to be, well, I want infinite money, but you realize there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people wishing for that. And I feel like, you know, at this point in time, whatever we believe is the financial situation of the world is probably going to be wrecked. Um, Honestly, I I think that the wish of I need to be, you know, make me whatever I need to be to survive this. Honestly, that that may be the smartest what, wish I see. What if the genie said your wish is granted and it's just you sitting in a chair doing nothing for for then eight I, weeks? I would be it would be the same. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I would do anyway. Yeah. But I, I I really like I really like the thought processes, you know, when you have these things and you know, Mr. Wong is just like, also, you will see me again. Help my wife. And if anything happens to her, well, you will see me again. Yeah. And uh, my thought right there is his thought was to make him whatever he needed to be. I wonder if it's changed not just his knowledge or his skills, but I wonder if it's changed who he is. I don't know. I think he's just being very now. My take on that was like, listen, you need to protect my wife or I will come back and kick all your butts. Which right. makes me believe that whatever he's going after is something very, very important. Now, whether that may be a child, which I, I don't know because they were like, well, we could they have to go somewhere and get something because they contemplate at one point in the issue saying, well, we could wish for us to teleport to that location and then use and your then wish to teleport back so we back. could be safe. Yeah. So I don't know why they couldn't just wish whatever that they need to get have it wish to come to them that would be the and, yeah and th- i think that's still up in the air but yeah I, honestly the whole thing about wishes honestly i have never put any thought into what i would put if i had a wishing spell because it seems like wasted energy you know it's like what would i do uh if i was 17 feet tall and could throw a boat over a hedge you know Sometimes you'll be like, if I had superpowers, it would be fun to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not going to put money into, hey, how can I get an ironclad wish? I need to hire a lawyer to make sure I have an ironclad wish just in case a genie shows up. I mean, I don't know. I've never really put any energy into that. I always like the fact that the stories go bad. 
And I will tell you, I agree with you that this is an enjoyable book. I will not be reading issue one or any subsequent issues. How come? Because it stressed are, are me the, out. Are the little genies too creepy for you? These little blue things popping around with these no, really I, kind of like emoji faces? I think they're adorable. And I love that. I love them. But throughout the issue, um, you have this this narrative. you know. And as you said, the first issue apparently, the first issue is like the first eight minutes. And now all of a sudden we're dealing with the first eight hours. And the main, not necessarily primary, I guess, but I think the loudest voice in this issue is the guy who owns the Lampwick. Dave is like, all right, I'm a, I'm a doomsday prepper. You got to be prepared. Everything's going to be, and bad things are going to happen, and chaos is all around us. And I'm just like, no, I, I, I work in chaos. I grew up in chaos. I don't necessarily feel the need to to like soak myself in chaos in the story and on the one hand i feel like it is a shame because i enjoyed the parts of this issue that didn't you know make me grind my teeth but just that whole sequence with the president and you know i was angry that the president made one of his generals <laughs> use his wish. No, that's great. I mean, the general using... general needs to follow what his commander in chief says. Right. So but I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> but, that makes me angry. And then, you know, downtown no, Detroit the... burns to the ground because a girl wished for a lightsaber without the skill to use it. Right. And I'm like, is that girl dead? Uh -huh. How old was that girl? You know, and you see somebody flying on a unicorn and things on fire. And uh, one of the first things in the story is a truckosaurus. Yeah. Smashing through the city. And I'm just like, no, I. Well, that's kind of the point that the genies are making, right? There's some people that and, and that's kind of what uh, the doomsday prepper guy, the bar owner is like, yeah, there's a lot of dumb people making dumb wishes. And right. I used my one wish to make sure that my bar and everybody in it is safe it's because safe. I know yeah. that there's a lot of dumb people and the dumb people time will pass. And then the more, you know, thought out people and, and maybe the more I don't know, maybe the more psy psychopathic people will hold on to their wishes or sociopathic yeah. people will hold on to your wishes. So, you know, the most for, dangerous for Dave people will, will talk someone else into using their wish for them. Well, no, I, or just sociopaths will just sit there and say, Oh, I will sit here and lawyer up exactly what the best wish will be so that I can mm -hmm. take uh, control or whatever. So in that case, uh, Dave, the doomsday prepper bar owner is probably the best character in this book so far, because yes, oh, a uh, father wishing that his uh, wife would come back to life so his son would be better. That's just somebody who's giving up, right? Uh, who who's not ready to uh, to do what it takes to be a good single parent. And there's a lot of single parents out there. The president, obviously, he's being very wise because he can order someone to do it. And the general who makes the wish is also um, a very patriotic and willing to do anything without question, which makes him a, a faulty character as well, or not a very good character. The, the, the Asian couple is very questionable because we don't know what they're after. So there's a, there's a danger element to them, which makes me not, not super happy uh, with, mm -hmm. with their characterization. But Dave is like, look, I don't want anything to happen in my bar or the people in my bar. And that is probably the most generous wish, even though he's doing it for self-preservation. It's mm. also for the people in his bar, right? So it's not like, you know, I want I want to be the one that comes out on top or the survivor of this. He's willing to use his one wish for a bunch of other people. And that seems kind of altruistic that uh, I kind of wish 
that more people would be more caring and thinking of others. I guess if I had my wish, that's what I, that I, that it would be. Um, and, and I think that that is, that he is ultimately at this point in issue two, and this is a four or five issue miniseries, uh, eight, eight issue miniseries that, um, that he might be the best character in the bunch, even though he may be a doomsday, uh, bunker prepper kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I find this not, I was really expecting a lot of uh, monkey paw stuff in this, in mm-hmm. this book, but the genies are just like, no, we're really happy to give people the wish that they want. We're really happy to do these things. Uh, we don't, you know, we're not responsible for the, the end result, but we're very happy. It makes us happy to do these wishes is also kind of weird too. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised that that you said you didn't like this book and wouldn't continue to read this book because mm-hmm. were you not somebody that read most of The Walking Dead? Uh, I, I read The Walking Dead off and on and I had a love-hate relationship with it. Yeah, because this feels very much like okay, I read we don't the have first zombies. three books and then it was like, and then... I checked back in, you know, around major announcements and, you know, brutal beating to deaths and hundredth issues and yeah. sudden final issues. But the, the thing about this story is that the premise is really, really clever. Yeah. The premise is really neat. And I feel like it's an original story. And I also feel like uh, the genie's interactions when they're like, oh, well, we could tell you what's going on and why this is happening. Is that your wish? Yeah. There's just this implication that something sinister is is in the works or that something is going on that the genies are clearly hiding. And I don't know. I feel like this. Uh, the for me, the story is enjoyable. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm saying I don't want to do this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's one of those things where throughout this you see these characters and we're kind of at the mercy of the minds of any given person and Mm -hmm. i work in customer service i talked to 612 people today uh counting the one guy who called 15 times it was probably more like 400 people but i took 612 calls and i don't have a lot of faith in uh, the general populace to not be, you know, schmucks. And I just feel like there's going to be a lot of people wishing to be Wolverine. Uh, And I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like, and this is, this is hard to, to parse out. The enjoyment of this book was four slices of meatloaf. Yeah. The, the, the aftershocks, the, the, the discontent and the, 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 I, I guess the sort of a dyspeptic feeling afterwards kind of negated the meatloaf for me. Mm. So I feel like it's a good book. Yeah. I'd even recommend this book to the right people, but right. I don't want to be, I, I, I don't want to feel the way I felt reading this book. <laughs> no, I, I see where you're because coming from. I was, because... I was really, really stressed out and really, you know, it was just, oh, it was. No, I, I see where you're coming from because for me, as I read this going into it and seeing already the mass destruction because girl mm-hmm. with a lightsaber wish, um, I was like, oh, so this is a zombie apocalypse. I've already been through at least one zombie apocalypse in the form of of uh, of Walking Dead with Robert Kirkman. I can handle another apocalypse in the form of dumb people making dumb choices. And right. part of the and so, yes, it is very tense in that 
is someone going to make the wish that this planet would have been better off if no, if that fish had never crawled out of the water in the first place? Right. You know, that, you know, is it going to devolve to that? Or is somebody going to make the right wish? And, you know, the the question of what is a right wish is kind of right. what I'm hoping that this this book kind of tries to get to or explores because uh, actions have repercussions. And as you talk about in a society breaking down, uh, one of the only thing really that kind of keeps our society in place right now is this idea that if you do something wrong, you're going to be punished for it by this mm. uh, by this police force. Right. Right. But that's not the case in here. So this is anarchy and chaos cranked up to 11 and anarchy and oh yeah and i kind of want to see i kind of want to see some but no i don't want to see more well i don't know i i want to see where this goes because i think that there's something here and i and i really trust charles soul i think he is one of the better writers uh around today and i say writer because uh if you are a fan of the star wars books uh he is one of the principal writers of the star wars books and he's currently one of the masterminds or whatever creatives behind High Republic, uh, at least in the books that he's written so far for that uh, on the prose uh, side. And then the stuff that he's done in comics is really good. And he's done a bunch of other prose stuff, too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I have faith that he is going to bring this story together in a way that is not Ice Cream Man. See, Ice Cream Man, I like. Uh, but Ice Cream Man also has, you know kind of a darkness and a cynicism based into it in a way that feels, you know, kind of Rod Serling-esque. And Mm -hmm. at the base of this series, it actually feels like there is, you know, more of a, of a, a a less cynical, a less, you know, dark and, and brooding take, maybe more empathetic, maybe more, uh, what's the word for which I am looking? The opposite of a cynic is a, uh, Pessimist or a pessimist? No, not a pessimist. An optimist. An optimist. There's a more optimistic feel here to this book, but then there's also, you know, the constant worry uh, that, you know, uh, Bubba, you remember Bubba. I went to high school with Bubba. Yes. And he's going to get his wish. Yes. It's going to be for the biggest shotgun in the world. Yes. And I I think that, and that's why um, I think it is the alternate cover to this one, or maybe it was the cover to issue one, or maybe it's the cover for issue three. I don't know where it's like the planet earth as a scoop of ice cream and an ice cream cone. And the cherry (laughs) on top of the ice cream is a nuclear detonation, right? Yes. Uh, That first moment of a nuclear bomb going off. Uh, So I agree with you. Yes. That is the, that is the thing that makes you tense is, is the, is the worst person on the planet going to get their wish and ruin everything? Or as I said, and and this is me being, I guess an optimist here is, is somebody going to learn the lessons from watching decades of Twilight Zone and Star Trek and, you know, whatever else that's out there and make the right choice? And maybe the right choice is going to come in the form of the kid who uh, whose dad was like, listen, uh, as a minor, I don't want them to make any wishes without my approval. Maybe it's that kid who at the last second is going to step forward and go, yes, I would like to make my wish now. And it is whatever it is that that saves the day. Um of course, because it's called eight billion genies and we're looking at this on the first eight minutes, first eight hours. And my guessing is the next issue is the first eight days, the first eight months, the first eight years. Um, this could the go first on eight centuries. I mean, it could, it could jump that far into the future. I mean, there could literally be someone that's like, 
what if I die before I get to make my wish? Do the genies allow that? Because there's supposed to be one genie for every person on the planet, more or less. Uh, mm-hmm. Does, you know, does that, does that genie does life then go unfulfilled? What's, what's going on with these little sprites floating around? There's a lot right. of questions I think in this book and, this is all coming from one uh, one issue, and J. Michael T. in the in the chat says uh, this book sounds more interesting than the plot summary led me to believe, and it really is. It really is. I think that this is a thinking person's comic book, uh, and again, if it makes you uncomfortable, good. I think I think art should make you uncomfortable. I think stories should make you uncomfortable. If it makes you go, wow, this is a really great concept and a great uh, thought experiment, good. I think uh, art should also make you stop and and do and do think uh, thinking. If it makes you angry, happy, whatever, I think good art does that. And I know we haven't really talked about the art in this from Ryan Brown, but I love his little genies. They're like mm-hmm. it's Each they're like genie these little... is like a caricature of the character design. Yeah, yeah, kind of done I as an emoji like... form. Yeah. Right. And it's really, really wonderful to see that not only do we have this cast of characters, but then we have the genie version of each of them. And you can tell whose genie is whose Mm -hmm. because the genie resembles the person. And, you know, I love there's a, a beautiful panel where two genies are mocking the girl who used her wish. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, this girl expects the whole thing to be fair. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. Just beautiful, beautiful, like beautiful facial expressions beautiful, you know, body positioning and, and nonverbal communication throughout the issues. I think that this is definitely a book that if you're sitting there going, huh, should I read this? You should just be aware that it's going to make you, (laughs) you might have some existential dread by the time you come out the other side. Yeah. 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 This is not like existential dread. I I like chocolate. Uh, this is not Chuck Winding's, um, you know, walkers, or Wanderers, mm-hmm. I forget which one which one it is. He's got oh, a sequel I'm coming a up, and I'm I'm dreading reading that book. Uh, but, it, but it's kind of in that same vein. This is something that a Stephen King would come up with. This is something that a Chuck Winding would come up with. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I highly recommend this book. I thought it was really really fun. Uh, I thought it was great for thought. I think the art is really cool. I think the genie design is very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of want to finish reading this entire series and I might go back to the first issue, although considering that they kind of tell you everything that's going on in this issue, I'm not sure the first issue is going to add anything more to this story that I Mm -hmm. haven't already experienced in issue two. I wonder if it's actually the same cast in the first issue. Because it wouldn't really have No, no, no. I think we may have to jump back and forth from several different uh, characters. And this one does that, too. And, and certainly figuring out why Papa Hemingway shows up. Um, right. I wonder if one person wished that Hemingway, Dorothy Parker, and Jim Morrison would come back. So that It sounds like the start of a joke, right? Them. I think it, right? it's the start of a joke. Like, so uh, Ernest Hemingway, Dorothy Parker, and Jim Morrison walk into a bar, which is right. really how this issue ends. And it's just like, okay. And the bartender says, well, we'll have to tune in next, next week or next this month. This sounds like some kind of a joke. Yeah, no. And so I'm I'm curious to see where where that goes. So yeah. uh, Matthew already said four slices of meatloaf to him. If we were going to do the major spoilers podcast meatloaf rating, uh, I would probably concur on that. Maybe a little bit more, but I, I think four is a, is a pretty good rating. 
uh, and uh, you can go pick it up. There's a link in our show notes or on the Major Spoilers website. You can go and, and click on that. It'll take you to our affiliate link. Now, the problem is, because this is a, an issue that we've totally spoilered for a next week release, you can only pre-order the comic now. But if you pre-order it using that Amazon affiliate link, uh, it'll be made available to you next uh, Wednesday, the 29th. So you can go and uh, you can go jump on that. Oh, no, next Wednesday is not the 29th. It's two weeks from now. So, oh. yeah, I don't know why they they released it so, 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 so early. But uh, there you go. That's well, what happens. That I'm looking at where I'm like, hey, what's going on? Because I went and looked at something. It's like it's out June 15th. I'm like, no, yeah. So not. gum, the gum is it the gum road or gun show or whatever it is that that we've been using. Um, go collect, go Gosh. collect. Go yeah, collect. Uh, they've been very, very good at stuff. And like I said, when it showed up in our regular releases, so Image Comics sends me two separate files each week. One is here's the comics that are coming out in the stores next week. Here are advanced reviews for things that are like coming up in two weeks, two months, whatever. They're fine with the advanced review stuff. Uh, but then it was only like Wednesday or something that I was like, oh, wait a minute. This book doesn't come out to the 29th. Why did they give it to us early? And then all of a sudden, uh, one of the creators is on Twitter and is like, oh, uh, people are reviewing this early. We're happy with the reviews. Uh, reviews are positive. So um, it may have just been a thing to get people hyped on this thing. Or maybe it was just a mistake by somebody at Image and that person has been chastised. Who knows? Uh, whichever case, the uh, Image Comics, please don't chastise the PR person who sent all the reviewers the issue two weeks early. Uh, because it seems like everybody likes it. And hopefully this will generate a lot of sales for this comic, which I hope it does. And there you go. Um, any other final thoughts, Matthew? Hmm, no. All right. Well, there you uh, go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Eight Billion Genies number two from Charles Soule and Ryan Brown. Uh, we'll be back next week with another installment of Dueling Review. We've got a lot of comics on the list for you to go and vote for. And uh, come back and see which one lands on top. And in the meantime, plenty of comics out there. Go find something fun to read. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.